than bubble. I'm, I'm with you guys on when you think of bubbles, isn't the first thing that you think of bursting. Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh and I've got Kyler here with me. We're here to bring you the sharpest sports takes. Breaking down live sports is the best. We have live sports, so this is a great episode. We talk about the MLB and how the Astros are already taking beatings at the plate. We go into the NFL's plan and how it might be coming together. Then the ML is the NBA bubble the safest place in America? That's a real question. And then we break down the Degenerates Den, previewing the 3M Open this weekend. Remember to stay plugged into our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Burst Your Bubble. We are available everywhere you get your podcast. You can even get us on your Alexa devices. Guys, if you're bored, just say, Alexa, play Burst Your Bubble podcast. Remember to continue to share us with your friends, family, or literally anyone you know. Thanks for listening, and remember, no hard feelings, because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. Well, Kyle, here we are with a great Wednesday episode, a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of things to digest. Sports are back. Sports are back. We have basketball uh, today, whenever this episode's going out. We have MLB playing games. We have PGA back. NASCAR's racing. Is the world coming back to normal? Yeah, and you forgot basketball, Josh. From when we're recording this podcast, 12 hours from right now, I will be watching NBA basketball. Um, that seems a little crazy to think about. seems like just yesterday it was the uh, middle of March. We had just started a podcast, and we had nothing to fucking talk about. Well, we've got it now. Plenty of content to, to digest, things to break down. But before we get into that, I just wanted to check in with you and, and see how things are going over in Edmond. And they're going really good. Uh, you know, these are my off days, so I've been playing a lot of golf, been uh, – Trying to enjoy my, you know, enjoy my week. Uh, been watching the looking? baseball. How are those scores looking? The uh, the what? I'm sorry. How are your golf scores looking? Oh, the golf scores. Uh, so the thing is, man, you know, golf is expensive in Edmond, and so my thing is, I'll get out there. You know, I'll spend thirty, forty bucks to go play, and you know, I and I'm just don't practice enough, so I'm not too consistent right now. So I'll go out there, you know, I think, you know, if I go out and shoot 82, 83, this will be a good round. And I'll go out and I'll shoot like a 94 and it'll ruin my fucking week, Josh. I'll just be pissed about it all week. I'll be thinking about the beautiful par three I had, 174 yards, and I go up and duff a seven iron because I'm not consistent because I'm not playing enough and it'll just piss me off. So really all week for the past really three weeks, I've been on the range, man. I've been grinding. Getting back into the swing of things, literally. Literally. And uh, I think it's going to pay off. So hopefully on those picturesque par threes, I'll be able to put out some videos of me not duffing a, a shot. Absolutely. Looking forward to those videos. Uh, you know, and I'm kind of the same. I'm, I've learned that I'm pretty inconsistent. I'm, I'm actually the definition of inconsistent. So uh, I've learned that I need to get on the, on the range and, and get some practice in. It just hasn't happened yet. It will. Uh, I went out and shot – not too great uh, last this past weekend, but you know you got to improve. You got to get better. You got to keep playing. Practice with a purpose. That's what I always say. Uh, so I, I have been watching a little bit of baseball. Uh, I don't know if you've caught too much of it. The ratings have been fantastic for baseball. Uh, we can get into golf ratings here in a little bit too. Uh, I don't know if you saw the Astros play tonight. Uh, Josh Astros already getting hit. This was a storyline that got buried, I think, because of COVID, because of no fans, because of 
everything that's going on, um, obviously in the world and in baseball with, um, with their collective bargaining disagreements, um, the Astros are already taking bean balls. Josh, in back-to-back innings, the bases were loaded, and Altuve and Bregman were both hit by a pitch. Yeah, back-to-back at bats. Uh, in back-to-back at bats, I'm learning now that uh, Josh has informed me. Altuve and Bregman were hit by a pitch. And if you think, Josh, I thought it was back-to-back innings, so that uh, you know makes it seem a lot more intentional. Um, this seems a little more unintentional, but still, I think that, I mean, this game doesn't matter, and <laughs> Altuve is at the plate, and, you know, it can seem the pitcher kind of thinks, hey, I can, I can hit this guy, and they won't think I, it's intentional. And he hits Altuve, and then, well, shit, Bregman's up now. I got to hit him, too. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, this the guy on the mound was all over the place as it was. Pitt, he was not finding himself. So he definitely was making a case that this was uh, unintentional. But you got to think in the back of his mind, he probably wanted to hit Jose Taltuve. No, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. And we're going to see that all season long. And the question becomes, how long are the Astros going to put up with this? I mean, is it just going to be like every team gets just one game where they can go out and hit the Astros and they won't do anything? Or is it going to be the third team we see that goes and hits the Astros and they're just going to, they're not going to have anymore. They're going to start a fight. You're you are going to see a brawl from the Houston Astros at some point this year. Some player is going to get pissed for getting hit, and it's going to turn into a massive brawl. Yeah, and I think that uh, especially with the regional things we're seeing, and they're just going to be playing, you know, in their regions, wherever their spring training facilities are, wherever it is that they're playing right now, um, and if they are in their professional parks, I think that's going to play into it a lot because I think it's going to delay the matchups that we're waiting for. It's going to delay those Astro-Yankee matchups. It's going to delay the, you know, the matchups that we're really craving for that drama. And I think when we finally see them, it will explode. We'll see some brawls. And, uh, you know, Jose Altuve and, you know, Alex Bregman, all of them really, I mean, they have it coming, but it's going to be rough to see. Well, and a couple other baseball teams that are happening right now. What I love about this, man, these are some high-scoring baseball games. Yeah. Uh, getting to see people unload the bat a little bit, get some work in. Uh, the Braves beat the Marlins 10-9. What it's an exciting game. The Marlins tied up the game in the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. It was a great one to watch, a barn burner, as we like to call it in Oklahoma. Uh, then the Blue Jays, Riley Adams Blue Jays, beat the mm-hmm. Boston Red Sox 8-6. to six. Yeah. I think he had no bat in that game, didn't he? Oh, did he? I think so. Oh, our boy Riley Adams. Let's go. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, just high-scoring, fun baseball that's going on right now. Uh, you know, I'm – just waiting for my Yank for my Yankees to uh, continue to watch them to play. I don't really care to tune in to watch the Boston Red Sox that much. Boo, Red Sox. So uh, we haven't talked too much. I don't think I've asked you, Josh. Who's your team? Like, who who are we going for this year? Are you uh, all in on the Red Sox? No, 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 no. I mean the no. Yankees. I'm sorry. All in on the Yanks. All in on the Yankees. Uh, so I think I think we might we might be able to come to someone in agreement. Can we come to a Yankees Braves World Series? I would actually love to see that. Well, let's do it. Hey, we're all in. Burster Bubbles, you heard it here first, the Yankees-Braves World Series. Uh, they, I think the betting favorite's Yankees-Dodgers, isn't it? Yeah, probably. That's And that has a good chance to happen. The Dodgers are a, a really good team. But uh, Yanks in five. I mean, Mookie Betts looking right at home, isn't he? he already yamming homers at uh, Dodger Stadium. And I think we're going to continue to see that. I think a, uh, a campaign season for – 
for Mookie Betts. And Josh, one thing that I really loved uh, seeing on Twitter was the preseason projected standings for the MLB. Just, uh, and what I thought was hilarious was, I mean, a team like the Blue Jays and the Yankees, for example, in that AL East, I mean, they're talking about five, six games separating them for the season. I mean, this is going to be a season-long pennant race, and I'm all in on it. We, we talked about it before. Uh, you know, you were all about this, the injecting it into your veins. Such a sprint of a season. Every game matters in this. Every game they need to go out and try their hardest, do their best. Uh, and I can tell you who's not looking good for We talked about uh, the Astros players getting hit. We didn't really talk about the other side of the ball uh, with Kansas City Royals. And uh, they lost big, Kyler, 15-6. to six. That's something that is not talked about, not been talked about at all. So that is not yeah, good. It's been highlighted that, you know, teams in this shortened season can go on a real run. An unexpected team can really, you know, hop to the top of the standings and even, you know, find themselves in a playoff run. I think it's very likely we see a team, maybe a couple of teams, find themselves in a cold streak, find themselves in a hitting spell or a pitching spell. I mean, Josh, how many wins – do you think is like the lowest we'll see, like maybe 15? 20, 2022. Some of these teams are projected around 2021 wins. I think, I, I think a, a team can go, a team like the Royals, like the Orioles, like the Pittsburgh Pirates, they can go on a real cold streak. I mean, they could, they could rip off, you know, 10, 14 straight losses. And Josh, you're looking at a, at a, at a 12 win season. Man, that – and, dude, that will be the most embarrassing thing for some of these teams. If you're one of these smaller market teams and you just get demolished the 60-game season, you win, say, 12 to 20 games, that looks terrible as your organization. Or do you think you get to ride it off as uh, coronavirus screwed us? I don't think so. I think it makes you look rough, R-U-F-F. Yeah, especially if you if you, something historic happens like that and they just lose – I mean, on a historic pace, because then people will say, well, you know, if you if they played a full season, they would have only won like 35 games. And the ratings for baseball are so high right now. This is in the national spotlight. Mm -hmm. This I'm makes sure. you look you're under a microscope. Yeah. Putting some bad tape out there. Uh, speaking of putting bad tape, uh, we see that a lot in preseason games, Josh, for the NFL, especially. Um, and we're not going to see that at all this year. The NFL has officially canceled their preseason, right? Uh, so it hasn't been officially canceled, but the NFL did put forward, or the yeah, the NFL did put forward uh, that proposal as a part of their uh, COVID nineteen safety protocols. I don't know. I don't think it's been voted on uh, as of right I, now. I actually think I actually read something that um, they did put it to a proposal, but preseason games are under the NFL's discretion. So I think it's ultimately their decision. Well, good. I, I mean, we we assumed that preseason games wouldn't happen anyway. Um, and this is a part of the proposal. So the NFLPA, that was one of their big, uh, big chips. That was what made this a huge step forward in this negotiation and these discussions that are going on. Um, so this is really good news that the NFL came out and said this. It gives the players hope. I think that they were trying to be as safe as possible. And that was one of their the big hangups. The NFL also reduced the summer camp teams from 90 to 80 man rosters. And I think that's just to limit you know, it's only 10 people, but you're limiting people that don't need uh, to be there necessarily for the spread of COVID-19. So I think that these are positive steps in the NFL 
they're planning on doing daily testing um, and a couple other things that they're highlighting. So it's actually a, a pretty good plan put forward by the NFL. I look forward to the NFLPA's response in these ongoing negotiations. I think they will be a lot better uh, favored, favored publicly than the MLB was for sure. And I think that we have a clear path forward unless something drastic happens to see some NFL. And daily NFL testing for COVID, that is crazy, especially for uh, – I, I think we've already seen, what, 95, I think is what it was, uh, positive cases in the NFL. And to not have a bubble, to have these players kind of free reign and then also traveling across the country, uh, <laughs> that's literally the definition of how a virus spreads. Um, but I don't, and let's just talk about the cost for a second, Josh. How much does a COVID test cost? Um, I've seen reports somewhere around one hundred seventy-five dollars. Uh, yeah, probably. I don't really. I don't have those numbers. So let's let's just say one fifty, and then uh, how many players on an NFL roster? You said. No, now it's going to be eighty for summer camp. So eighty for summer camp, but they're going to be testing every day at summer camp. There's, uh, I think that is the proposal. Yes. Okay, so eighty players plus. Let's say 10 staff, 20 staff. So let's say let's say 20 staff. So we were testing 100 people, $150 a piece, 15 grand a day per team. It's a lot of money, but if there's a league that can afford it, make the NFL pay it. And I'll tell you, Josh, if this was not already in insurance policies, it will be moving forward. They will account for this risk, that money moving forward, no doubt. I will say that the NFLPA uh, – or the NFL amended their number to 59 players now have tested positive. It's not 95, it is 59. So they, they did amend that. So 59 is a lot better number uh, than 100. No doubt. Oh, I would say so it's almost here's, here's that, that process a little bit. So uh, Alan Seals talked about it. Uh, he's the league's chief medical officer. Players are going to be tested daily for the first two weeks of camp. If the positive test rate falls below 5% after the two weeks, the league would transition to testing players every other day. If the positive test rate does not dip below 5%, daily testing will continue until it reaches that mark. If positive tests climb to 5% or higher any time during camp, the league will resume daily testing. They will be required to test negative twice before they are allowed to enter team facilities. They must arrive on site, undergo testing, and then go home during their first two days at camp. If a player tests positive and has no symptoms, he can either return to his team's facility in 10 days or come back after seeing two consecutive negative tests. Uh, I, again, I just think that uh, – I guess we'll see how MLB does and kind of see what happens with the MLB in the, couple, in the next couple of weeks, and I guess that's kind of what the NFL is doing as well. Um, I'm not, it just scares me, Josh. It scares me. Just guys being able to do what they want, not in the bubble, maybe not even daily testing. Yeah, it, it worries me. Well, I mean, you know, you and I talked about this a little bit on the last episode of how it would be damn near impossible to uh, put the NFL in a bubble, make them, you know, perform that way. So you have to think that the NFL is taking its advice from uh, these uh, medical experts, uh, a lot smarter with the coronavirus than you and I. We have to hope that they are doing this in the, in the safest possible way to move forward and that we get to see all of the high-octane gameplay in the NFL that we are accustomed to. Yeah, and we also, speaking of football, we saw the uh, Southwestern or Southwestern SWAC conference, the SWAC, so WAC conference, cancel their season or postpone their football season um, officially. 
I saw a couple of ESPN people come out and say they're more optimistic for some sort of college football season this fall. Uh, how do you stand right now, Josh? Uh, I think so. My first thought on this is that you're going to have some conferences that are going to try to play more than others, which is why I think that the NCAA should just come out with, um, you know, a stance on this. You know, if they really – right now the NCAA is just kind of sitting on their hands and saying, well, we'll just kind of wait and see. Um, and this is kind of a situation where I don't think you need to do that. I think the NCAA needs to come out with one set rule for all these colleges. That way you're not having the Big 12 try and play games in October, um, you know, and then all the other conferences start in January. You know, I, I just don't think that that's a, a feasible look. I don't think it makes the, the entire – NCAA league looked good. I think if you had one uniformed approach to this, it would uh, probably do your players, coaches, staff, everyone a lot better. And I don't know what that looks like, you know, whether or not the NCAA wanted to try to allow colleges to play and say, you know, if you do want to play, you are able to do so under these terms or no, no one can play at all. Um, Because like what we've talked about in the past, we're going to need to see replacement games with like an OSU Arkansas. We're going to need to see some a lot of different things happening. This is going to be a very fluid schedule if this does happen. Um, I tend to think that it won't. I tend to think that we're going to move to, toward a spring season for college football. Um, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of in the same place you are, but I, I, I don't know. I think that the NCAA would be more open to just, you know, if some conferences want to do it, then, you know, they're going to do it. And I, I think that's just because – so many of these schools requ- um, require that money from their football programs just to stay open. And the NCAA understands that, you know, more than anyone because they demand all that money from them. Um, I, I don't know. I think that, you know, Big 12 is definitely going to play. And I think, you know, SEC, they're for sure going to play. It's just going to depend, you know, what's that schedule going to look like? And then how are we going to ter- determine national champion? Are we going to actually, you know, bring these teams together and put them in a playoff? Are we going to expand the playoffs? Are we going? I mean, what does that look like? I've also seen uh, some people figureheads talk about that. You know, you only play conference games. I don't think that that uh, would happen, but that's been a, a talk going ground that you know you don't have to travel as far. You can play people who are out there in your conference, which you know isn't a bad idea. But like you said, the Big Twelve is probably going to play. Which is, but that's why I think that the NCAA just needs to come out and say something. They've been quiet on this, you know. Just say, look, we understand that you know this is an ongoing situation. Yada yada yada. Give us something, NCAA. Quit sitting on your hands. Make a statement. Don't be scared to make everyone mad. You do it anyway. Yeah, and uh, speaking of making a statement, making everybody mad, uh, we saw some MLB players, Josh, start kneeling uh, to start this season, kneeling during the national anthem, and a lot of. Uh, a lot has been made about, you know, the upcoming NBA season, the upcoming NFL season, you know, what's going to be done during that. And here's a prediction right now, Josh. I think um, a guy that we've seen very quiet during all of this, notably very quiet um, in a time or in usually, usually times where he's flocking toward a microphone, um, Jerry Jones, I think he's going to come out in the next week, in the next two weeks and publicly back uh, the kneeling going on in the MLB and publicly back anyone on his team or staff that wants to kneel in the national anthem. Yeah, you know, I guess we'll see, uh, you know, what exactly that message looks like coming from Jerry. Um, you know, he's, he has been kind of quiet here lately. So he hasn't, said, he hasn't said anything since March 6th. So I'm very excited to see what his uh, response is, what he comes out and puts out uh, for his messaging heading into a 
uh, heading into the NFL season. There are a lot of things going on in our country that people are waiting to hear from Jerry Jones about. Yep. And uh, speaking of those, some of those issues, a lot of the uh, NBA players have been speaking on them uh, inside of the bubble. Uh, it's really good to see them, you know, keeping the message, uh, you know, relevant, keeping everything um, in perspective. They are there playing a game, but, you know, they are using their platform for better purposes. Uh, and Caruso is actually skipping his sister's wedding to stay in the bubble. Yeah. He said, uh, you know, we're building something here. These games are important. We, can't take any kind of risk. We need to, uh, you know, be cautious and, and I'm here for the team. Yeah. And that's, and I'm, I'm absolutely here for that. I'm, you know, all in for a team player like Caruso. Uh, going uh, back to your, to your message on the, on the bubble real quick players using their platforms. Uh, my favorite story so far from someone using their, their uh, platform, this was Tobias Harris uh, in the, in his interview, he gave the press 59 seconds for a media opportunity and they asked him a question, and he said, uh, you know, I just want to uh, basically just saying that he wants to make sure that the people who killed Breonna Taylor, the officers who killed her, are uh, put in jail. And he, they asked him another question. He goes, no, you don't get it. That's going to be my answer to every question you ask. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. 59 seconds with the press, the only message he was giving. Yeah, I love that answer. I love even more. It might have been I, – I, God, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Josh Richardson. It was somebody, uh, they basically gave the same answer. You know, I need, we need to hold these, you know, these politicians, these congressmen, these senators, we need to hold these people responsible until, uh, you know, the murderers of Breonna Taylor are captured, are put in prison, are uh, held responsible for their actions. Uh, I think it was Josh Richardson. He held, I mean, it was probably a seven, eight minute press conference and every question he answered was that answer. So he not only told them like, you know, hey, every question you ask, I'm going to answer this way. He let them ask the question. And responded, you know, yeah, actually, I am excited for that. But, you know, I'm more excited to tell you all about that, you know, we should be focused on finding the killers for Breonna Taylor. Yeah, so you, I just love those kinds of stories. You know, I, I love anyone. Uh, I don't, to, to perfectly honest with you, I don't know, I don't really care what side you're on. If you have a platform like this and you have the opportunity to expand on that platform and try to influence uh, people, I think that you should, you know, absolutely take that opportunity to do so. So there are a lot of cool things going on uh, in the bubble. I am also with you going back to Alex Caruso, all for Alex Caruso backing his team and staying in the bubble, uh, skipping the family wedding. This gives a great opportunity uh, to show a little bit of unity with his team. Uh, you know, where we have other players skipping out, we don't know what those reasons are for. Um, you know, we hope that their families and everyone around them are safe. We don't know exactly what's going on. Patrick Beverly is the latest uh, big name to leave the bubble. Uh, he left yesterday uh, due to another family emergency that we've seen. So hopefully everything's okay, but it is positive to see Alex Crusoe uh, putting things off to stay in the bubble. Yeah, I mean, we saw, uh, of course, Avery Bradley's not in the bubble. Rondo is now, now out. Um, I imagine LeBron told Alex Crusoe he will buy him another sister. He will buy her sister another wedding, something of the sorts. Uh, and with Patrick Beverly, now that's Montrez Harrell and Patrick Beverly that are out of the bubble. Um, and Marcus Morris plays for the Clippers, right? There's mm -hmm. Marquise. I think Marcus. Marcus uh, has just reiterated, reiterated himself with the team. So, um, and Marquise has just uh, entered the bubble. So interesting there from, from the Morris brothers, interesting to see players leaving and uh, coming back. Josh, you may have called it, you know, how serious are some of these reasons? You know, and that's obviously not for us to speculate at all. 
but you know the question has to be asked and so i will say this inside the bubble zero covid 19 te- or positive cases Impressive. you talk you talk about the planning the money the thought that went behind this this is exciting the for the nba these are positive signs not positive cases these are positive signs that we are moving towards seeing basketball being played yeah we are staying positive we are testing negative that is the NBA's mantra in all of this. Uh, and, you know, I think that's held up because whoever thought of this, Josh, they honestly deserve a, a huge raise. They probably deserve to be the next commissioner in line because it, obviously no plan was full was foolproof, was, uh, you know, obviously there wasn't – there's obviously holes in every plan, but uh, you know, the, this seems pretty thought out, you know. And it, we'll get into the media and everything here in a second, you know, what the new courts look like. Um, we will have, like I said, we'll have a scrimmage going on in 12 hours. Um, by the time you're hearing this, you're probably watching a scrimmage, listening to us in the background. But Nikola Jokic, Josh, I don't, we talked about him uh, when he entered the bubble. Of course, we hadn't seen any pictures of him. Uh, he had corona, so maybe he lost weight because of that. Um, I, I failed to mention this on Monday's pod. My dad has corona, Josh, and he has a horrible migraine right now. And I, that's the only symptom he really has. So him and my mom are on a 14-day quarantine. Uh, just a horrible migraine. Hopefully that's all he has. So, you know, send some good vibes his way. But the thing is, Josh, you know, we don't know the lasting effects of this. So we know that um, it affects the lungs and it affects the heart. And it seems like these effects could be lasting. And what separates a lot of these athletes would be lung capacity, right? Well, first of all, uh, definitely prayers up for uh, your dad and your mom and your family over there. Hopefully that they stay safe. Uh, Lord above, we got their back. Uh, now going into what you were talking about, yeah, that is what you know. That's one of the things that their durability, their lung endurance, or their endurance, or stamina. And these are all things that you know have you wonder how affected are some of these guys that tested positive for COVID nineteen. How are they going to be uh, coming back into a bubble? You talk about Jokic, talk about a guy like Russell Westbrook who sprints mm-hmm. for forty of forty eight minutes out of a game. How much is that going to affect him and his play? Who recently tested positive? Yeah, exactly. So, the, you know, he, those effects are, are closer to him than it is on, on Jokic. So you have to think, is this going to take a toll or was he pretty asymptomatic? Is everything – so, I mean, you know, those questions are going to vary person to person. But uh, I, I assume that we're going to see some rust coming into this bubble and you will hear quite a bit of it uh, blamed on uh, either te- from testing positive for corona or just the layoff in general. 100%. But did you see that video of him dunking? I Jokic? did not. Uh, you can up. see it. So he got the ball at the three-point three point line, uh, a little, uh, you know, rip-through move, two dribbles in the lane, two-hand slam. He didn't get that high off the ground, but what was, what was most impressive to me was him running back on defense. He looked like, I mean, Miles Plumley running – because Miles Plumley was right beside him. He, they looked like twins running back on defense, and that is very encouraging to see from a, a Nikola Jokic, who does not look like a guy – who runs back on defense usually. Yeah, that is super positive. That's uh, great things going into this. You joke, could play a huge part. Uh, it's actually a, a scary team. They could definitely make some noise in the Western Conference. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm – the Nuggets, I mean, they're one of those teams, Josh, it's like how are they going to do without – are they going to be – are they going to benefit without fans? Are they going to um, play a little worse than they normally would because of the lack of home court advantage that they have in Denver? Uh, it's going to be exciting to see. But uh, going into the bubble a little bit about the courts, 
Uh, it came out today that players will be allowed to watch games of other teams if they'd like. Um, we saw those pictures come out of the courts, uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter on the court. The video screens surrounding the courts um, where possible virtual fans will be shown. And Anthony Davis alluded to uh, possible family members being on those video screens during games. So kind of have an in-game experience from the family members in the games. Um, on press box with uh, plexiglass over it because like we laid out in the last episode, the press is not allowed to uh, have face-to-face -face contact with any of the players at any time unless you're that tier one media like the Malika Andrews, uh, Chris Haynes, sideline reporters. So, um, you know, it's, it's really inter interesting to see, Josh. Uh, and another thing I want to get your take on, um, I want to get your take on the seats being socially distanced first, but, uh, and also the, um, and also how the scrimmages will look tomorrow, how they will sound, especially uh, because, the, you know, they said that they're going to be playing around with um, using these scrimmage contests to test some of their broadcast plans is what the league said. So how do you think they will sound? Do you think we'll get to be able to hear any of the, any of the players talking in these scrimmages or do you think it'll be quiet for us, you know, just hear the commentators and the NBA will be, you know, tampering with things behind the scenes? So I'll put this in a little perspective. Uh, Steven Adams come out. And he said, with no fans in the arena, with everything the way it's going to be set up, you will see a lot more technical fouls when play resumes. Mm. So that makes me believe that you are going to be able to hear the players a lot more, a lot clearer, which also means the refs are going to be able to hear them a lot clearer, which you're going to hear a lot more cuss words, uh, a little bit more profanity. And uh, it's not going to be uh, not going to be clean. You know, ESPN's going to do whatever they have to do to, to try to clean that up, but there's no way that they take care of all of it. We already see some of it uh, as the games are, and that's with, you know, thousands of people in, in attendance. We still get some of that. Uh, so I think we're going to be able to hear a lot more of what's actually happening on the court. I'm actually very excited that uh, the screens will be used, whether it's for family members, pumping in noise, pumping in generated fans, whatever it's going to be. That's really cool. Uh, the family aspects could get really uh, interesting, being able to watch some of those uh, kind of like the – draft pick night or uh, the draft selection nights with mm -hmm. your families around you and everybody goes crazy. So that's going to be really fun to watch, watching some of these players hit big shots and the family just goes nuts and, you know, everybody's holding each other back screaming. So I'm excited for that aspect. Uh, and you said seats are being socially distant, so I assume that would be uh, every other seat, every couple of seats. Yeah, the even the benches. So, like, even during practice. So, you know, players will be on the ground battling for a ball, battling for a rebound you know, really locked into battle out there on the court. They come out for a water break, come out, you know, get subbed out, and they have to sit six feet apart. Uh, I don't – I think that the league is going to uh, have to – I think you're going to see multiple memos come out, multiple uh, reminders to teams that this is going to be a thing because, you know, as well as I do, some of these players like to talk when they're on the bench and uh, with cameras around, they do a lot of this and they do a mm -hmm. lot of this. Uh, and obviously you guys can't see what I did, but that's covering your mouth with either your shirt or your hand or a clipboard or a anything that they can do, uh, a mask, and they're going to want to be able to talk to the person that they're sitting next to, uh, whether or not it's about something going on in the game or, you know, something that's just completely random. They're going to want to talk, and I think that the league, if they want to enforce the six-feet rule, will have to send out some reminders. I don't think that, that will get followed very, uh, very closely on the benches. I think that's a good call out you. Uh, and one thing Malika Andrews uh, noted in practice today on the Reiner Silla podcast was that um, 
in a lot of the team's practices, uh, uh, PR guys are walking around pretty much the entire time uh, going up to different coaches, different, you know, members of the team asking, you know, hey, is it necessary for you to have your mask around your neck right now? Could you put your mask around your face? And just continuously doing that throughout practice, throughout film sessions, you know, hey, you have your mask around your neck. I think, I think you could be wearing it correctly right now. Uh, you know, could you, could you do that for us? And, uh, you know, it, it is partly perception, you know, partly because we don't need to have too many videos of too many pictures come out of coaches with their mask always around their neck, you know, not ever wearing it. But I think, you know, part of it is also the safety aspect. You know, there is a reason they have zero positive tests, and it's partly because or mainly because of all of the, uh, the great strict protocols. Yeah, there are a lot of safety protocols, not just the masks that are being uh, put in place here. Uh, just the whole aspect of being isolated by yourselves, obviously that takes away you know, the outside influence of COVID-19. It takes away that aspect of it. So the germ can't spread where it's not at which is a, a huge point on this. So I think that there's also a lot of a lot of sanitation, a lot of cleaning going on behind the scenes on this. A lot of protocols the NBA has done. Can't say enough how good of a job the NBA is doing uh, in the bubble. Well, teams will wear their regular season jerseys in the scrimmages. Um, they will save the social justice message jerseys for the seeding games um, beginning on July 30th. Uh, but, you know, Josh, it's going to be 10-minute quarters. You know, we might not be able to hear much going on in the court for at least the scrimmages or maybe even for all of it because of I, – I'll just flash back always to the Kevin Garnett clip. Um, you know, I think it was probably 2011, 2012 on the Celtics running up the court. I mean, in a 15-second clip has probably 37 profanities. And I just – you know, I always flash back to that clip. It's just like – that's why we don't that's why we don't have hot mics anymore in the NBA that's why they're we're on a pretty strong delay already and I think we're going to be on a super strong delay and I think that could even open up some uh some betting conspiracies uh the delay on inside the bubble but Josh in the morning 12 hours from now while you're listening to this they will be wearing jerseys they will be keeping score we will be watching basketball so who's all playing tomorrow so tomorrow we have, the, we have the Clippers and the Magic start things at noon, followed by Washington and Denver at 1230, New Orleans and Brooklyn at 4, Sacramento, Miami at 5. Some, some good games there, some probably not so good games. I, I'm, dude, I'm just so ready to have basketball back. It's going, if I can find it on anywhere I can watch sports, I will be watching it tomorrow. I don't know where – I know that some, uh, NBA TV is supposed to play some of these scrimmages. Uh, the first one I heard that they were going to play was Thursday with the Mavs and Lakers. So if I can find these uh, scrimmages, I will be playing them. Yeah, I think I think it said. Um, what I read was uh, you can we're going to be able to find these on NBA TV or NBA League Pass. So I know the NBA League Pass um, has they had uh, you know made that subscription free to everyone until the pandemic ends. So maybe that remains true until. July 30th. So maybe you won't have to buy the subscription to watch those games. I will find out for you personally tomorrow, Josh, around noon when this game is scheduled to be on. And if it's not on there, you're right. I will find a stream. I will be watching this. I will find some way to watch it. If I have to message uh, one of those bench players and have them live stream it on IGTV. Yeah. I mean, that's what we'll do. We will find a live stream. Uh, that's pretty much all I've got on the bubble, Josh. I don't know if you've got anything else. If you don't, let's get into the ad and then the Degenerates Den. 
Kyler, I know how much we both have loved what Anchor has given us as a podcasting platform. Ladies and gents, if you haven't heard of Anchor yet, you're missing out. Most importantly, it's free. Anchor gives you the ability to edit and upload your podcast directly from your phone to get anywhere you can get your podcast. Apple Music, Spotify, it'll be there. You can make money from your podcast with minimum listeners. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, here, here once again, Josh, the fire is crackling, the drinks are poured, the cigars are lit. Let's talk about it. Uh, Sunday, final round um, for the Memorial was the most watched final round lead-in telecast ever on Golf Channel. And I'll tell you why, Josh, because Tiger Woods was playing and people wanted to fucking watch him. Well, yeah, so people, you draw the, that's the Tiger Woods effect. And, and listen, Josh, and people had the thought, you know, hey, Tiger Woods is playing golf. It's not on CBS until 2. Where could I watch him? The Golf Channel. I, kn- I knew it. Let me turn it on there. Why is, why, where's Tiger? I feel your pain. So uh, let's get into it, Josh. This week, uh, the 3M Open. It is in, uh, we're in Blaine, Minnesota. This tournament last year, uh, Matt Wolf won. Uh, he, I think I laid out a couple weeks ago how he, how he beat Bryson DeChambeau in a pretty epic fashion on the 72nd hole of the tournament with a, uh, a walk-off a walk-off birdie putt from about 20 feet off the green. Uh, it was a huge birdie putt. Uh, I mean, this course, it, it sets up for players who can bomb the ball accurately and, um, you know, bomb it far and bomb it straight. So look for guys like Matt Wolf, but uh, let's get straight into it. Who is your first pick? Uh, so I'm going to go with Dustin Johnson. Oh, that is a tough pick. Is it, So this is your number – so is he three or one? This is my three. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, this is my number three. So Dustin Johnson, I think he's going to uh, – I think he's going to get things on track this week. I think he's going to actually uh, – I think he's going to have a strong weekend. So uh, hopefully he does see the weekend. He didn't. He didn't quite see the weekend last uh, last week. Shot back to back eighties, eighty eighty Thursday Friday. Hey, you know sometimes you don't make the cut. Uh, Bryson feels that. So my boy DJ is going to turn things around, and it's going to be a fantastic weekend for DJ. Yeah, you know I don't hate the bit. I don't hate the pick. Like I said, uh, this course sets up for players who can bomb the ball, and uh, he won not too long ago at a TPC course. And uh, most TPC courses play pretty much the same. You know, if you can hit the ball far, you're going you're gonna, to um, outdrive a lot of the trouble. And I think DJ has a strong chance to do that. My number one pick, Josh, I'm going to start with number one, Eric Van Royen. So you're going to hear this name a lot. EVR is how he goes by. Went to school in Minnesota, married a Minnesota girl, will be staying with his Minnesota in-laws this week, 10 minutes from the course. So this wasn't his school's uh, home course, but it was um, it's like 15 minutes away from Minnesota. So I imagine he got to play there for free, uh, being a top collegiate player at Minnesota. Obviously playing good. He had, uh, finished in the top 20 last week at Memorial, playing so tough there. Uh, all of this added up. I mean, I, I, I think he's a lock at 35 to 1. Yeah, it's a you know a good sleeper pick there. Uh, has a lot of potential. I think you know it's he's gonna make a, a strong run at the title. I think that uh, you know he's 30, 30 years old. I think that he could uh, he could really make some noise this weekend. That's a pretty good number one pick. 
Well, so I'm going to go into my number two. Oh, this is a, you know, I'm going to go with a couple. I'm just going to go with long shots. You know, give me Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka, my goodness. You are just picking players who are not playing good golf. Give me Brooks. These guys are turning it around at the 3M collar. Well, I mean, Brooks said that, you know, I just got to keep going out there getting reps. You know, I think I said in the last spot, he just needs to go out there, keep putting it together, and eventually it'll come together. That's what he said. So, you know, maybe he's right. Maybe, you know, the more reps on a hurt knee will just be good for him. You know, and the biggest problem he's going to have to overcome, I think, on this course is you hit it on the head uh, whenever you first started talking about the 3M course. It is great for people who can hit the driver a long ways accurately. And that is one thing that Brooks Kepka has not been able to do. He's been able to smack the hell out of the ball, just not very accurately. So that is going to be the number one thing he's going to need to turn around uh, this coming weekend to make some noise. Yeah, and I think that knee is going to stop him from doing that. Uh, my second pick, I I'm kind of torn. Let's go Chris Ventura. So uh, there's actually a prop bet on him that I absolutely love. So he was Oklahoma State's three-bag on that national championship team. Dude is an absolute stud. He's been performing very well on the Corn Ferry Tour. I think he has three victories down there. He even has one victory on the PGA Tour already in an alternate PGA Tour event last year. Um, I think with everything going on, uh, this field is not very deep at all. Uh, pretty weak field. So I think we're going to see someone outside of that 20 to 1 odds. I think, I think we're going to see a long shot win this tournament. Chris Ventura has decent odds. Um, there's actually a top 20 prop bet I love on it. If you find that Chris Ventura top 20 prop bet, slam it. He's definitely going to place in the top 20. And I actually have him – there's a pretty good chance he picks up his second tour victory on Sunday if it is not your boy EVR. So I'm going to uh, go with my number one pick here. Uh, I couldn't be happier to make this pick. You're probably going to laugh at me again. Give me Bubba Watson 33-1. to 1. Oh, I mean, you, you take my pick, Josh. I mean, I, I pick Bubba every week. Bubba Watson, 33 to 1. What are what? Those are great odds. Yeah, I mean, he's a two-time Masters champ, Josh. How are you just going to give a two-time Masters champ 33 to 1 odds and not bet it? Give him to me. Bubba Watson is going to win this tournament, and I think he's going to win it by two strokes. I don't think he's going to win it at all. I don't think he'll – I mean, he's going to put out a good showing. But, you know, if you bet on Bubba Watson, you will lose money. Um, it is only when you don't bet on Bubba Watson. It is only when no one in the world bets on Bubba Watson is when he wins. Uh, bring us to my third pick, and that's Matt Wolf. Kind of the same thing with this guy. If you're if you're expecting a good week from Matt Wolf, you need to not watch Matt Wolf that week because he is not going to show up. And uh, he won here last year. Uh, like I said, the course sets up for guys like this, um, and it should be a fun week of watching golf if you like birdies and you know guys potentially shooting very low scores on one of these days. Uh, I love Matt Wolf. You know he sets up perfect for this course. It's just you know if he can go out and just be consistent or be, you know, his version of consistent, and that's making a fuck ton of birdies, like so many birdies, because he offsets with offsets them with so many bogeys. But if he can go out there and make the birdies he needs, I mean, I think 24 under wins this tournament. Josh, what about you? Oh, 24 is a great number. I'm going to be a little bit more pessimistic. I'm going to go with 22. Mm. Just, a, just I, couple, I, I, a couple strokes. I mean, it's close. I hope it gets lower. I mean, I even hope maybe a 26. I'm hoping for a 30 by the time we get to uh, by the by the time we get. I mean, obviously the 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 schedule is really about to toughen up. Um, 
and of course the weather is going to toughen up too if it's going to get a little colder in these in these climates i'm excited i think that uh, a, a 24 26 would be so much fun to watch i love obviously we love watching golf at a high level we love watching all sports at the highest level possible and so if we're seeing all these birdies if we're seeing hole a hole in give me a hole in one this weekend you know what i mean yeah. like just give me something give me some interesting stuff to watch give me interesting golf on my tv to go along with basketball and i'm all for it absolutely because this is going to be now my third screen i'm going to you know have big fire in the first screen i'm going to have basketball on the second screen gonna have golf in the third screen um i've got a couple matchup bets for you i've got paul casey over here we is. here he is making his uh pga tour debut for this year since the um since the covid return tommy fleetwood josh tommy fleetwood is there a better name in golf than tommy fleetwood oh yeah there is what's his name uh mcneely uh maverick, maverick mcneely, McNeely. I yeah think that's tommy that's fleetwood. the best name Tommy Fleetwood is not as good of a name, but it's a, um, it's a, I think it's a very more versatile name. Yeah. Oh, Tommy Fleetwood. I mean, it goes with a lot more stuff. It, uh, I mean, but man, Maverick McNeely is hard to beat, but Tommy Fleetwood is a great name. Uh, but you know what, Kyler, with these odds I'm looking at, uh, give me Paul Casey. Yeah, one, plus 115. I think so. I mean, Paul Casey missed the cut last week, but, you know, Tommy Fleetwood, Coming out, uh, you know, first first week back on tour, we've seen some guys struggle coming back their first week. Uh, but we've also seen guys like Patrick Cantlay, you know, his first week back, he played really well, and I think he got sneak, sneaked in the top 10, snuck in the top 10. But uh, Paul Casey, he played 36 holes last week. Uh, like I said, he missed the cut. He played 35 of them at one under, and he made an eight on a par three. And so he shot five under, five over on that one hole, and that's why he missed the cut. So, Kyler, let's, uh, let's look at something else here. I don't have the odds, but let's just go ahead and place a friendly wager just between ourselves. Let's, uh, let's you know, we usually just say, what's one guy you put 20 bucks on? I want to do something a little different going into this tournament. Pick one of these sleeper guys that you think uh, is going to crack into the top 10 this week. Well, I guess my uh, EVR pick to win the tournament wasn't good enough for you, Josh. I guess uh, he was too mainstream of a pick for you. Uh, my guy, Charlie Seifert, he uh, – so – I don't know if I told this story last year at the Travelers Championship. He qualified on Monday for the tournament. Qualified on Monday. Made the tournament, of course. Finished the top. I think he finished top twenty. So he earned Corn Ferry status for the next year. Had I think seven top twenty finishes, three top ten finishes. I think he even won a tournament. Earned PGA Tour status, and then uh, a couple weeks ago, the first week at Memorial at uh, Jack's place, he uh, I think he finished third um behind jt and morikawa so uh, he is definitely my pick to watch this week that's a great pick and it wasn't that it wasn't uh you know wild enough of a pick i just uh there's a difference between winning and cracking into the top 10 a lot of a lot of guys you know don't get that opportunity for sure so, yeah so my pick uh, that was actually a really good pick by you uh, one of the names i was looking at i'm gonna go with uh you know we've talked about him before on the pod give me max homa Crack in the top 10. He's, he played a pretty good golf last week. I mean, it wasn't uh, absolutely incredible, but he did uh, show a 71 day. Got to go out at Jack's place and, you know, just had a lot of fun. He was competitive all weekend. It was a tough, tough weekend. So I think this is going to be the weekend where everyone sees Max Homa probably finish seven or eight and uh, get some real momentum behind his game. 
Yeah, I mean, we see players like that. We see, you know, I talk about Kevin Kisner all the time. Uh, you know, it's only a matter of time before one of these tournaments comes around where guys like Kevin Kisner, guys like Max Homa, guys like Bubba Watson, you know, these actual pros on the PGA Tour that do this for a living, this ain't no hobby boys. They go out here, they do this for a living. That's how they support their families. And they will win a tournament before. I mean, it's just a matter of statistics. Um, and to end the show, Josh, the last matchup bet, and I actually want to put a friendly wager on you with this, um, with you, DJ and Brooks, since those are two of your picks. DJ over Brooks is minus 129. Uh, like I said, DJ shot back-to-back -back 80s last week. Brooks' knee is a wreck. So um, this matchup, very interesting if you need just another reason to watch golf. Give me DJ over Brooks. Uh, DJ was my second uh, was my second pick to win. Okay. Uh, give me DJ. Give me DJ over Brooks. I think DJ uh, has a really good shot to win this tournament, and I think that this is going to be a uh, an even stronger weekend for him. Those 80s are going to disappear. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, it's going to be funny when we listen back to this if you actually had uh, Brooks as your number two and DJ as your number three, because that is the only reason you picked DJ over Brooks is because that's how you listed them. Uh, and I'm just going to disagree with you because that's how you listed them. Brooks comes back this week. The knee is going to feel good. The stem cell surgery is finally going to start working um, out of nowhere, just like stem cell surgery always works. Uh, and we're going to see Brooks come out. He's going to win this tournament. Well, I, yeah, I, I think that he will. That's why he was my, uh, my third yeah. pick to win it. And exactly. uh, he was in my top three. So I, I think we have a good chance there. Uh, either way, this is going to be a competitive little matchup between the two. And it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, now it's going to be even more fun because you guys are going to be betting against Kyler and myself as well. So make sure that you go to our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and tell us who you think is going to win this, uh, the matchup between the two. Uh, I'll put it up on a poll as we speak. And, uh, you know, we let's get into this, uh, you know, in a real way. We want to hear input from you guys. Let, let us know what you think. Great idea, Josh. I had a great time today talking some basketball, talking baseball talking golf, all of those sports are back, Josh. Right now, as you're listening to this podcast, all of those sports are being played. Congratulations. You made it. We made it. Sports are back. Can't wait to, to talk on Friday when we get to break down more of these uh, actual scrimmages. By the time we talk, we will have watched scrimmages. We will have an understanding of what the games will look like, and I can't wait. I uh, can't either, Josh. I look forward to it, buddy. All right. See ya. Yep.